0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocketnow Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Okay, after a couple of weeks of having a couple of people face-to-face for the podcast, we're back to the more remote style of this. Uh, It was really great to have TK and Jaime for the last couple of weeks, but now we have Nick Gray back on the show, one of our good regulars, and really happy to have him back on. Of course, Nick Gray is the editor-in-chief of Fandroid, and we get together to talk about quite a few Apple things in the last half of the show. However, uh, I do check in with Nick. I haven't talked to him in a little bit. So I make sure that we talk a bit about where we are uh, currently uh, just in 2020. I mean, we're nearing the end of the year. So I thought we would check in and just uh, talk about what we've been going through lately and maybe just have a discussion that hopefully some of you might be able to find kind of useful. But if you're looking for a little bit of Google or let's say Android news right after that, we do spend some time reacting to the Google Photos announcement that happened uh, late last week uh, in which high-quality uploads, unlimited high-quality uploads are going away unless you have a Pixel device. We have a lot to say about that. But with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode with Nick Gray, Editor-in-Chief of Fandroid. Enjoy. So, after two straight weeks of being able to do a show face-to-face with people, I had TK on two weeks ago, and then I had Jaime on last week, uh, both in my office. I hope one of these days, you and I can do that. (laughs) Like, soon.
1: One of these days, I mean... At the rate things are going, it's going to be like three years from now. It's
0: going to be such a long time. Okay, so I can't believe that we have to say the same thing we said back in March here on the show. Uh, So much has happened since then, but we did do like a segment. I'm I'm trying to remember who was on the episode. It might have been Jaime. I'm not sure. But I remember we did a small section on the show just literally telling our audience, guys, stay in, uh, stay far apart from strangers and from other people and for goodness' sake, just 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 wear a mask. Like wear a come mask, on, man. just wear a mask. It's not that big a deal. Um, and we, I get it. We're close to like some sort of a vaccine, but the cases have been running rampant, especially here in the U.S. It doesn't matter where you are; they're going bad in a lot of places. Honestly, um, so yeah, I mean, make it like do your part to bring back. We can make a hashtag, I guess, like hashtag Bring Back Live Shows, in person shows. <laughs> bring back regular life. Yeah, where I'm- bring back, bring back life. Honestly, because I let me ask you this. Like, I mean, you, I've had you on the show before, Nick Gray, back on the show, and. I've asked you about like how you're coping with all of this stuff and whatnot. Now we are maybe like 2 maybe 3 months away from the last time I asked you that question. And is it same old same old or like how how are you coping with now month 8 of what we're going through?
1: It feels like month 45, but yeah, only month 8. It's I don't know. For I think I said this at the beginning when all of this started going down like my day-to-day really hasn't changed much same um like Ish. our when everything happened our girls you know they shut down schools where our daughters you know came home from school and you know we're trying to figure out that this fall they had the option to go to school uh or stay home we chose the option to stay home just to add that little extra security around our family create our own you know mini, mini bubble um but yeah, I mean, things really haven't changed that much. I, I work from home. I worked from home before, I work from home now. It's just, I, you know, we've missed quite a few conferences this year that were canceled or postponed or uh, pared down significantly. And then all the product launches that we typically travel to. I mean, typically I would be traveling at least once, if not twice a month to go to an yep. event and not being able to you know see devices in person when they launched i mean like these iphones just launched and typically there's an apple event but tech reviewers haven't been able to touch the phones until their review unit shows up rather than on the launch day being there with you know a thousand other people and getting their hands on it and getting a first-hand experience with the devices uh so it kind of changed the game for work a little bit but I don't know, some of the events that we would typically go to turn to online events and some of them that you really didn't want to travel for kind of was a little bit easier in that sense, I think. Um, you know, you're traveling to events where you know it's not going to have the payoff for you where you can just have a virtual event. you are be like, yeah, as long as you send me the device, it'll be good. Who knows? <laughs> That's really where we all have ended up, huh? It's just... Because we can't
0: even go anyway, we're all getting mm-hmm. kind of spoiled by this whole like, yeah, just send it, <laughs> and it's just send it over. Is, but the thing is, it's been overwhelming, as I'm sure you and I like have said on the show before. But you and I have been talking like little bits yeah. here and there. Um, this is this is the best way for me to put it. Like, you know, well, not like anyone would actually be able to to see these things, but you would know that we are overwhelmed by the amount of work and the amount of products and the amount of announcements that we have when we are, when we're not even talking to one another. I think this is the most that <laughs> Nick and I have said to one another in weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're usually chatting every day, at least sending a couple messages back and forth. But yeah, this, I think the last two weeks has been, I know I've I have felt just, spo- just sporadic. I mean, yeah, but honestly, like there's, to give you a sense like at fandroid i typically handle i handle all the video content for the site and i typically handle the overwhelming majority of the reviews that we do but we got so many mid-range devices this year that i actually packed up a box of 7 phones and sent them to one of my editors And said, I don't even have time to do videos for these. So you review these. I sent him seven phones and he's like, okay, I guess I'll do like one a week. I was like, man, you can get through a, a full review in a week. Like... Because when you do a video, and I, I I write a script for the video, and I have to shoot and then edit the video, but then I also have to take that script and transform it into a written review for the site. Oh, yeah. Edit that, make sure it's actually legible. Because when you write a script, it's not always legible. You know the words that you need to say, and it doesn't actually need to make that much sense on paper. Completely different ballgame when you're writing it for a site, and then you start having to format it, and then you have to take pictures for it, and then you have to get a couple, you know, build up the links inside the article and get, it get it's just so time consuming. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm not doing a written review for this one, or I'm not doing a video review for, for a certain device, just because there's, there's so much to cover. Mm-hmm. It got, it
0: got weird this week because I mean, just speaking personally, and we can get into a little bit of creator talk here in a second, but I'll just mention that. This week has been odd because I have been working on stuff that has nothing to do with smartphones. Like I finally did content on like a game console for the first time ever. And all I did was unbox it and just give some first impressions. And I was like, it's one of those things where as a, as a sort of content creator in the tech world, when you want to branch out into other categories, it's really intimidating and it's really daunting. And it also, you end up doing the thing that, well, Nick used this word, Um, to message me one time, you procrastinate a lot because you don't know if you're actually equipped or geared to get that particular content done. That's at least my thing. Give me a smartphone, like maybe, maybe, maybe a few smartphones, not the dozens that we've gotten over the last eight months, but give me a few smartphones and I can get those done nice and easy. Like it's actually not too hard for seasoned veterans like us yeah you have a routine we're seasoned veterans but then you give me something different like an xbox series s or a playstation 5 which i which i pre-ordered both and both came in this week i had no idea how to approach it and it. but but this is the thing i felt like i had no idea to approach it but we all know tech is tech i we know how to approach these things we just haven't pointed the camera at something other than a phone <laughs> in forever.
1: <laughs> How many angles can you get of a phone? Yeah. No, and that's the thing. Like, you you do have your routines as to what you're looking for. Like, I, every time I do a review, I have a, a running shot list that I need for every device, and it's about 15 different shots that I know I need every single time. So I start off with copy and paste these 15 and then based off of my notes, I know, oh, I need to get this in the software. I need to get this specific thing on the hardware. And then you you know, you know, finish out your shot list. When you're starting from scratch for a device that you typically don't do, you gotta start from scratch. And, and, and it might not sound like it's too hard, but when you're used to doing the same thing over and over and over yeah. again, it's hard to get out of that workflow and approach something a little bit differently. That's why typically when I've been, and I don't do it much when I get outside of the smartphone space, I typically turn my videos more into a vlog style and I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, just walking you through it as I'm walking through it because it means I can show my, throw my shot list out the window and just talk to the camera a little bit more and get the, you know, the personal experience of how the device actually works for me rather than getting in detail about all the details and the specifications and, you know, all the the minutiae that not just seasoned uh, content creators and bloggers get into, but also what is expected from seasoned uh, seasoned audience who reads three to four reviews about every device even though they might not even be thinking about buying it yeah so you know there's this expectation of you have to hit all these points every single time and then when I get into stuff that I don't cover I'm like ah expectations out the window let's just have fun with it
0: you know what's funny though is um, when it comes to the gaming community I know that there are this is true for every community but I feel like the gaming community might have the most radicalized of these people the gatekeepers. In a way, I got a couple of really interesting um, comments. One on the Xbox video that said, "Oh, he's never he's um, oh he he he's never owned an Xbox before," and then he got a Series S, uh, just taking up the consoles when us real fans weren't even able to get one.
1: <laughs> it's just like, like wow, I bought it like down. everybody else yeah
0: it's like but i said in the video like i've never had an xbox before i've never really been a big fan of xbox but i thought i would try this because it's like a new frontier with the digital editions and all that stuff and the comment was just like well I, uh, us real fans couldn't even really get it this guy's just a newbie
1: um so there was that and then on the playstation maybe 5, he just didn't have enough money to buy it and he's kind of sore about that
0: maybe so um <laughs> And then there was on the PS5 video, someone was saying, clearly he's not a real fan because he didn't watch all the teardowns and he didn't watch all the product videos. He doesn't know that it's called the control center, which I called it the pop-up menu, the quick menu. Like,
1: it's called the control center. I'm like, fine. Like, who? Josh, you should know it's called the the control center. I mean, come on.
0: So th- this is the reason why I actually left the, and not to say there's anything wrong with it, but it's, it's the reason why I left for the most part the publication life behind is because I want to be able to provide my perspective and experience on something without the shackles of like, w- w- this is not the way to say it, but like without like the APA standards, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff. And yep. that's the reason why those videos, I was able to do them. And like I said before, In reality, we know what we know what to provide. We know what info is there. We know how to share it as well. Like all we're really doing is just sharing our opinions on something. That's that's ultimately in a mic in a macro sense. That's really all these videos are. It doesn't matter what the product is. (laughs) So that's that's the approach that I ended up taking with that. But the question that I had during this creator talk, since we've been you know in in the uh, board in the house board in the house board the. there's a lot that I've, like, learned just as, like, a creator in general, what types of equipment I need, how to set up certain shots, uh, what styles I want to get through. I'm sure you've gone through experimental phases with your content throughout the last eight months. Like, what are some things that you might have what, – what what have you picked up during this time when we have nothing but our experimentation?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I would love to say I have bettered myself in so many different ways but honestly uh i'm a lazy creator if if i don't have a fire burning under me i i can never produce the content that i need to do and um that leads to not having a whole lot of time to be creative in finding new things and new ways to do things Uh, i think the only thing that that that's really I wouldn't say change the way that I do content, but uh, the, the microphone stand that I have right now, uh, it's a little swivel arm that connects to the desk and I figured out one day I could connect my camera to it and I've been using it as a mini crane for for some shots, well, so yeah, being able right. to to swivel around and, and get some shots that I typically wouldn't be able to get unless I had, you know, a, a two and a dollars piece of equipment. Uh, it's not perfect. Um, there's definitely things I could do in order to improve that, but that's probably the one, the one thing that's changed for me is looking at the equipment that I have and saying, how can I use this differently for a purpose that it's not intended for? <clears throat> I've also used it as a, um, um, a top-down uh, tripod uh, for, for some unboxings and stuff like that, because it can get mm. about you know a foot and a half up and anyone who's tried to get top down shots with a regular tripod knows that's a uh, exercise in futility unless you have you know a more expensive tripod with a with an arm that goes straight out typically you're yeah. getting you're getting the shot at an angle or the tripod is resting on two legs and balancing in a weird precarious way um so yeah i mean just using the equipment that i do have in a different manner um And then just trying to get, you know, the right shot for the right perspective. Because I I think so many times, as I said, we we have our list of shots that we typically do for most devices. And then we just try to change up, you know, the scenery and the background and stuff like that for it. So so that it's not looking repetitive every single time. But
0: trying to get funny.
1: that's a philosophy thing, there. What you just said, because it yeah. does
0: look the same in every video to us. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like commenters. Uh, I've never heard somebody yeah. during this entire year say like, "Oh, change it up." <laughs> it's I want really to change an it hour up because, or,
1: or else I get bored with it. I yeah, yeah.
0: Which is which is valid.
1: I'm just saying. Which man. is totally valid, but I mean, if you look at if you look at anybody's videos, you can start recognizing where they've shot their videos like if if you composited all the shots that we did uh, that you do josh in in your studio or at at home you could probably recreate the inside of your house or completely recreate the inside of your studio in a you know a 360 degree model with all the shots and the photos that have been taken uh i take things a step further because i do camera comparisons and i do a lot of pictures inside of my house so You can go look at the entire inside of my house with all the different camera comparisons that I've done. Um, And, you know, my backyard, the outside of the house, my neighborhood. Um, You can probably track me down. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I like to change things up, but, you know, being stuck at home, there's really not much we can do sometimes. Um, I do, when I used to live in Italy a couple years back, I would actually like to do reviews out in the open. So I would go film out in a, in a piazza somewhere. Uh, there was, there was a open, uh, open air uh, fruit and vegetable market. That was probably about a kilometer away from my apartment. So I would drag all my gear out there. Wow. And it it was just like, it was when I was just starting to get into full length reviews and, you know, doing B-roll and voiceovers and everything uh but being able to put your phone you know right next to a fountain and then you know to film the phone with the background being you know 50 people just walking around and mingling and you know eating at cafes and stuff like that um just gives you a little bit different perspective and yeah. make, can't wait makes to me do that again makes like me it. miss real life man yeah yeah it really I mean, does
0: i've i've actually resorted just michael being mechanism uh like it's been a growing coping coping mechanism for me has been to watch other people's travel videos (laughs) so i've just been experiencing there's one guy who's very popular on youtube uh strictly dumpling mikey chen he actually moved to south korea uh because he wanted to get away from the rising cases in the u.s so he's like i'm gonna stay here as long as i as long as they let me (laughs) and if they kick me out i'll just go to another asian country um but yeah, he's just been like running around eating all the Korean food, all the food in Seoul. Um, but yeah, but but you're right. It, it, I guess in a way, it's not necessarily getting like completely creative or just like completely brand new with our content. is just finding more efficient ways of using what we have. I know in my case, I've moved to a full frame camera and I'm just like, it's still one of those things where I look, I, I, I see how my work has improved or just gotten a little bit easier to do because of it. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> um, it is the move that, that I think defines my work in 2020. Um, and to be able to well, do certain things, like even just handheld shots, because the stabilization on the camera is so good. So I actually am against all the pans and tilts now. I try not to do them as much as possible.
1: <laughs> I've been looking for a good slider. I haven't found something that's or more specifically a motorized slider and haven't found something within my budget yet that does what I want it to. So no. um uh, again, what trying to figure out a way to make it look not identical every single time, but you yeah, know, I agree. Once I get five videos in, every video with the slider is going to look the same because I'm going to be doing <laughs> the same shots with the slider. So, I remember, yeah, I remember when I first got
0: uh, motorized slider, the one in my office. Like there was always a parallax shot, mm-hmm. and I did one every single video, and eventually I was just like, I'm overusing this, like way too much. um You know, it's bad when a par- when, when a shot is followed by the same exact shot in a different place. Oh So yeah. you do a left-to-right pan, but then it's another left-to-right pan in a different part of your house.
1: <laughs> no, what you're supposed to do is do a super slow left-to-right pan, do it in five different locations, and just continue. Like, if you have it at the same exact angle, then you just cut it in the middle of the pan, and you're just <laughs> changing the background. So you measure the distance between the phone and the camera and have it all perfectly aligned, and then you just switch between them. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: funny. funny. Um, Okay. So there's, um, I'm trying to think of like what, because there are a few things in my head that I want to go through. And I know that we're going to talk a lot of Apple stuff in the last half of the show. So I do want to put a little bit, like a couple of, what's that in your hand? Oh, the OnePlus
1: Nord. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that one, because...
0: Well, you can give me some of your thoughts because I do have, uh, is it, this one's the N10 or N100? It is the N10. The N10. So we have the N10s. Um, I do have it unboxed. I use it for a little bit, but this week has just been really crazy. We've had consoles and we will talk about the new iPhones. I literally just picked them up a couple of hours ago. We will talk about those. So let's put it this way. You've done your camera stuff on that already. Um, I'm sure you have some opinions. Why don't you go ahead and share that before I get into our next thing?
1: Uh, well, I haven't done any camera tests yet. I've done some sample photos, but oh, I, sample photos. I'm I've I'm halfway through editing my video of my pros and cons of this device. And honestly, there's a lot more cons than you would expect for a OnePlus device. And uh, you know, for me, it comes down to there are so many compromises with the Nord N10 compared to the regular Nord mm-hmm. and for a 50 euro price difference between the two, none of those compromises make sense. There's like, this should be at least a hundred euros cheaper than the end, than the regular Nord. And, you know, if, if you do have those extra 50 euro in your pocket, there's no reason you should even remotely consider buying this phone.
0: Yeah, if it's in the same market as the original Nord, I mean, we all liked the original Nord. It was yeah, a, of a revelation.
1: We, exactly, yeah, and that's what I don't understand. Like there, it's cheaper build quality, cheaper cameras, cheaper display, cheaper battery, like, all across, like everything is worse and it's not just a little bit worse than the Nord, it's substantially worse than the Nord. And the pricing for me for this device just doesn't make sense. So I, I, we still don't know when it's coming to the US. We know it is coming to the US sometime in Q4. We don't know what the price is for the US. So that's gonna be a little bit interesting to see how it plays out for the US market because if they can get the price right, That's one thing. And considering the fact that we do not have the regular OnePlus Nord in the US, so it changes things up a little bit, but when you consider it's going to be in the same market segment as the Pixel 4a, there's like, even if it's the same price as the Pixel 4a, there's no reason you should buy this phone over the Pixel 4a. I mean, especially with the news that we got this week that the Nord N10 is running on Android 10. We'll only be getting one major software update to yeah. Android 11, and that's going to be it. Where you buy a Pixel 3 and or a Pixel 4a, and it's running Android 11 now. It's been updated already, and it's going to be getting two more software updates after that. So, well, I think
0: I think that there is this move. I mean, we've all been enjoying this move to the more mid range, and uh, the, the better word is the more affordable market. But I don't know. Maybe OnePlus is kind of showing its it's showing its cards a little too much at this point. If they are going to be creating phones that are literally meant to be disposable, because Mm -hmm. if we have the N 10 that is only getting one software update, that kind of means it's only meant to last about a year. It's only meant to last for a certain amount of time. You know, it's, it might be a cheaper phone and that might be great for a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that it's not even getting a lot of the love that OnePlus phones typically get, it's, I don't know. OnePlus has been changing up their philosophies a little bit. It feels a little bit more like a exploitation of that market. They yeah, want and the cash
1: grab. F- but to be fair, OnePlus, until they release this phone. By the way, real was, quick, I just want
0: to say this is not a bad thing, what I'm saying, because every company does it. It's just OnePlus is the latest yeah. to get. Well, that's,
1: to. Yeah. So to finish that thought, OnePlus, until they release this phone, was doing exceptional this year. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people were worried about the original Nord uh, of it diluting the brand a little bit. And as you said, we all loved the Nord. Like, if you're looking for a mid-range device at €450, there's no other phone you should buy. The Nord is the number one phone you should buy. No questions asked. Except with these two new devices, the N10 and the N100, it's just so confusing because it they you pick up the phone and it doesn't feel like a OnePlus phone and then you know with their new policy for software updates that goes against everything that they've they've kind of built their reputation on for all these years. They've been pretty much first out of the gate with software updates to their devices and have always delivered at least two so- two major software updates to every single one of their phones. So for this to kind of change things up, like I don't know, it's they've kind of lost their way. But still with their other devices, they're still on track. So it, it's, it's one of those It's just things.
0: a dip. It's a dip in the bell yeah. curve
1: because the 8. 8 and the 8 Pro were pretty great. The 8T
0: is good. It's really good. I think it's confusing. 8T, it's confusing because it's – well, okay. In your case, it might be confusing. In my case, I would say the 8T is a, is a pretty wonderful phone that is also not exciting at all.
1: <laughs> it's just well, not it's, – Well, it's a pretty wonderful phone that's a half a step up from the 8 and a half mm-hmm. a step down from the 8 Pro and it's a half a step in price between them but when mm-hmm. you consider that the 8 and the 8 pro are already enjoying $100 discounts the 8 pro is $50 more than the 8t why would you why in the world would you buy the 8t when the 8 pro is only 50 bucks more and it's a, a substantially better phone yeah i mean um, besides besides the super fast charging rate but i mean i'd i'd give up the super fast charging for the wireless charging of the 8 Pro any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, OK, so like, some thoughts
0: on the OnePlus stuff. There is a, there is one thing I really wanted to bring up. I know it's not going to like take a long time to sort of react to this, but one of the pieces of news that really, that really I actually reacted to it a little, is this whole notion that Google is taking back some promises, and the <gasps> biggest one is Google Photos will no longer have unlimited high-quality storage. This is something that I feel like a lot of people relied upon, and now in July of 2021, it's going away.
1: You don't so- know how many people I have converted to Google Photos simply for that reason. Like, people are, like, even iPhone users, they're like, I don't want to pay for iCloud storage. They're like, dude, download Google Photos and back up all your photos. Uh, yeah, this is kind of disappointing, but I knew we knew this was coming for a while now. I mean, Google paired it back, with not even giving its Pixel devices, you know, unlimited full resolution backups uh, starting last year with the Pixel Four, because they had had it since the up up through the Pixel Three line. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they paired it back with the pixel four saying, well, you get the high resolution, not the full resolution anymore. So we knew it was coming. I mean, I actually went to my account and I looked and it doesn't tell you how many, how many gigabytes of storage you have, but I have 128,000 photos and videos backed up. If you check your Google dashboard, it'll tell you. Um, so, I mean, it's people like me that make the service a little bit worse for everybody else because well, we've backed up. I honestly like, and you have an entire blade in that server with your name. I, on it. I, it's all me. <laughs> and it's, it's all me. Well, but so, so here's the thing, like when they announced it and specifically with pixel devices, having unlimited original resolution pictures and videos, I went through and I have, I think 12 to 15 terabytes of photos of, pictures that we've taken with our real cameras, our DSLRs and Mm. digital cameras from years past. I loaded them onto my Pixel 3 in batches of 120 gigabytes and uploaded them through my Pixel 3 to Google (laughs) Photos. So I have... This is a hustle if I've never heard one. (laughs) So to, to come back to that though, so there is a workaround for this. Google is not taking away unlimited storage for pixel devices for high quality. That, for high quality. Yeah. So if you have a pixel phone, don't ever give it away. And you can use that to back up your photos for uh, until they change that policy as well. Yeah. But it, if if you have a pixel phone or if you want to pick up an older pixel phone uh, on the cheap, because let's be honest, they they drop in price pretty f- Pretty easily these days, pretty quickly. Uh, you can continue to have unlimited Google Photos at high quality, not original quality, but f- from now until they change that policy.
0: Yeah, you do, did that last part is the part that terrifies me because until, I mean, we've been, yeah, we've been seeing things. Since, this is one of those things where. We talk about it on the YouTube side all the time, where we can rely on YouTube to be one of our main sources of either income or work, um, or at least you know just a platform for getting into like better versions of income. But one day, Google can just straight up say like, you know what, YouTube's just going to be all cartoons now. Or like they can just like mess with the entire system and screw us all over. Um, so something like this and the death of Google Play Music, uh, Gchat is now like like there's all these moves going there. Like I've, I was actually kind of sad that Allo went away because honestly, Allo could have been what Telegram is to us now. And mm-hmm. the, the thing that I hope never happens, and I mean this, this is the one that would actually make me very upset. I use G-suites so i am in i am in a certain i'm in a certain subset of people who actually pay the money and get the perks that i need for my actual accounts i do use google suites uh, in order to work my domain and to have all of the g uh, google apps for my domain joshuavergara.com. one of the perks of that is unlimited one storage unlimited drive storage it's just part of the price
1: um, and it's well, not Technically, no. Technically, you're supposed to have four people on your account, but they don't monitor it. So I, I actually wrote an article of how to get unlimited Google Drive storage with G Suite because oh. they don't monitor it. Uh, but yeah, I technically it was
0: you're up to four people. I thought that was what the, the print said.
1: No, so, so it, technically it's supposed to kick in at four people, but they don't actually do it. So you should have four paid, four paid accounts under your under your domain in oh, order to use it, but they don't actually monitor. It, it says it in their fine print, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a good workaround because you, if you do a G Suite account and pay for that, then you get unlimited storage. But does that work with Google Photos as well?
0: Yes, because Google Photos is part of one storage, so it just all goes to the same sort of pool, and that's been whatever light upon. For all of this, I have to log into my work account. And it makes sense, right? Because it's work. It's literally our work. So we're paying mm-hmm. for the tools that we need for our work. But if that ever changes, man, I swear to God, I'm going to be so damn mad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- there's just some reactions to the Google Photos thing. And it's really sad. I-, I will say for my for my parents, I actually had them get Google One Storage already. And it, was, it ended up being a foreshadowing move. Because in reality, I could have had them just rely on high-quality storage, but I had them start paying for Google One storage a little while back just in case. And now that just-in-case has actually come to fruition. So here we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I know a lot of people over the years have gotten those free tiers of an extra 20 gigabytes of storage when you... Get an Android phone or something like that, and I've I've I get so many review devices that I've gotten so many tiers. At one point, I had over a hundred gigabytes of free storage, but they slowly start to expire. Yep. And I would get emails every other month saying you're over your threshold limit again. You must delete files. You're over your mm-hmm. threshold limit again. You're so I'm back to I I only technically have seventeen gigabytes of storage, which is two more than the fifteen that they give you, um, and. Those uh, emails I, are terrifying, too. When they oh, my gosh. Like, uh, like, oh, we're about to destroy your memories. <laughs> well, and, and so what they what they do tell you is that um, what happens is they technically won't delete anything from mm-hmm. you, from your account, but they won't allow you to add more content to your account, which exactly. means it's tied to your Gmail and you can't receive any more emails. Yeah. Like, it cuts off true. your emails. And I'm like, but I need my email. Yeah. So what, yeah, do you, what do you
0: choose, your memories or your emails? <laughs> uh,
1: well, and so, like, honestly, like, besides Google Photos, which I probably have terabytes worth of stuff, I don't even want to know that. Um, the main thing I use Google Drive for is uploading audio files for the podcast that I'm on and sharing, sharing them files. with people. I, mm-hmm. I actually I actually went through and deleted uh last month i I think i deleted like 35 different audio files for different podcasts that i've been on and i was like hey that 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 took care of about nine gigabytes worth of files right there
0: (laughs) and you know what google drive is still going to be what i prefer over like the iCloud or anything like that um i even just got a notification on my 12 pro that i because I did the kind of the dumb thing. I'm trying not to do it this time. Um, We're going to get into iPhone stuff after the break, but I just want to mention that if you have an old iPhone and you are transferring all of your data over from the old iPhone to the new one, you are not going to have 128 gigabytes of storage. You are going to take up so much of that immediately. And I, uh, yeah, that's what I had to go through. So you should never, you never transfer your photos and videos because that's what I was saying. Like you should back it up. Of course. But if you transfer it to your updated device, you're actually kind of, you kind of cutting yourself off at the knees. And I've just had to experience that. So I'm making sure with the new devices not to transfer data over. Um, so, yeah, why don't we get into a quick break and then we can talk about some Apple stuff because they have been in the news a lot this week. Here we go with the ongoing segment here on the uh, Pocket Now Weekly podcast of JV Does Not Like Big Phones. Because um, <laughs> I really got to say, like, I've had this conversation with TK so many times already. So here's, here's the 12 Pro. Okay. This is the 12 Pro. And I know that this is an audio podcast. This is really just for Nick's edification. Um, so let me just, let me log in. Let me, let me uh, get past the lock screen real quick. Here we go. So here is the 12 Pro. I'm going to go ahead and hold it. like I'm going to pinch it. That way you can actually see. Here comes the Pro Max. What the hell, man? <laughs> like, this is a big phone. Goodness it, gracious.
1: It is. And I've seen it. I haven't held it yet. But it's smaller than the Note 20 Ultra, which is surprising to me because I thought it was going to be bigger. I think that part
0: of the reason why, and this is just my... I literally just unboxed this right before the show. I did go for the Pacific Blue again, by the way. I know a lot of people love that gold one, but I'm from SoCal. You put the word Pacific in front of blue, I'm going to get Pacific Blue. So I got this Pacific Blue edition. Obviously, there are some big enhancements here. There's a bigger battery. There's a bigger screen. There's a better camera sensor. We'll get into that in a second. But just in terms of design, this was the time for them to go back to the flat edges. Because... Even though I dislike large phones like this, I will say that it's a lot easier to maneuver and to actually handle than most big phones that don't have flat sides, like the Note 20 Ultra. Um, So I have to say, like, you know, there's a certain trade off here. And even if I'm not, even if I would prefer to have my 12 Pro in my pocket, at least I don't feel like I'm going to drop this damn thing every time I move a finger. So that, that's kind of just a quick thought on the design in that case. Um, you did not, like, I, I picked these up this
1: morning. You haven't even lifted a finger to get any of these iPhones. Huh. <laughs> no, not even close. I, I got my <laughs> iPhone 12. And the main reason I have my 12 is for camera comparisons. Um, and everything I've heard so far and quite a few of the videos that I've watched, it's the camera on the 12 Pro Max isn't... That's substantially better than uh, the 12. Uh, so I don't think I'm missing out on much. I mean, I, I can definitely create more content with having another device. But honestly, the, the majority of people are not going to be buying the 12 Pro Max. The price is just ridiculous. And as you said, it is a large, large phone. So that's two main factors that are going to keep the majority of buyers away. I mean, as we've seen last year and the year before, the larger version of the iPhone hasn't sold nearly as well as the regular iPhone lineup. Um, so this, this gives me a better perspective of what the average consumer is going to be looking at and using, you know, going forward th- through this next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say like, a big screen like this is cool. Uh, Apple fell short of providing other little benefits to the screen, like a higher refresh rate. But it, it is is—it is sort of a sight. It is like Apple screens of displays have always been quite great. And this is—it continues with this. I'm sure that media consumption and gaming are going to be wonderful on this. Like there are a couple of new games that just came out on Apple Arcade that I want to try out. And as a matter of fact, I, I, I bought or I ordered a specific game controller for this not the razer kishi i know that there's one for the iphones but there's another one called the backbone that i wanted to try out so yeah the kishi is good um but i wanted to try the backbone because it's made specifically just for iphones with a few extra features in mind so we're going to see if like the bigger screen actually makes me like envious uh, compared to the 12 pro the thing is the cameras I do have to say, the cameras, this is where I really hated that Apple actually made this particular move. They, they added in an even better sensor with sensor shift stabilization, which in a lot of ways is exactly what we would want from our cameras. We want to see those leaps forward. I don't know. I'm going to see if it actually provides an experience that is leaps and bounds ahead of the iPhone 12 Pro. But according to a lot of reviews that have already come out earlier this week, it's not. So, I don't know, like, I, 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 I'm I, a little bit happy that those reviews came out, so I know already what my final decision will be on keeping this, and that—that that is to say I'll probably return it, so I'll recoup that money, thank God. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, then if it's not that big of a leap forward from one to the other, why not just put this on the regular 12 Pro? It would have been a fantastic thing for the pro
1: models to have the same cameras. I mean, I hate that well, I they mean, had to change one over the other. I mean, the uh, it comes down to every manufacturer wants a certain percentage of profit margin for each device. And if you are upgrading the hardware, you need to upgrade the price as well. So if they upgraded the camera, they would have to charge more for the 12 Pro, which would make that one even more expensive than it already is. So it, it, there's, there's always that balance of how much money do we need to make and how much can we give away to consumers and trying to keep that ratio properly. I mean, they definitely do have a much larger profit margin on the larger devices than they do on the smaller phones, but they still need to recuperate, you know, their R and D costs and everything like that. And I'm not, you know, Apple is still, I think the richest company in the world. So it's not like they would be hurting any, but this is one of the reasons why they are. Uh, but th- I mean, the same goes for Samsung's devices as well. The Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, that thing has incredible cameras, um, probably, I would say, top two or three within the Android space. And, But again, that hardware costs a lot of money, especially with a Periscope camera. So I was actually surprised Apple didn't venture out and try to meet Android manufacturers with, with those multiple X zoom lenses that they've been having the last two years. Maybe like a times five, but if they want anywhere more than that, I would think like
0: Apple's kind of Mm. lost it all of a sudden because they usually don't do those features where it's like ultimately useless for most people.
1: (laughs) Mm. I mean, so like all of these cameras that say they have 20x zoom, it's really only 5x zoom or 4x zoom, depending on the the lens and sensor that they're using with the Periscope camera. But I'm surprised Apple hasn't done that yet. Maybe give them another year or two and they'll invent it. Mm-hmm. so that the, the, the consumers can have the features uh, after it's been on the market for like four years. Well, this,
0: this little annoyance I have in the disparity between Pro and Pro Max, it, it was amplified a little bit when I saw a couple of the reviews go, I'm expecting that the next uh, iPhones are going to have the same cameras on both. And I'm like, why just do it now? Like do it now. <laughs> Pro is supposed to mean something. And, and pro should be on the camera side. Max is max means max display, max means max battery. No, so pro they, is a
1: camera term. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? On I the mean, other hand, so, oh, go ahead. How, how do you feel with the screen size and uh, the screen itself? Because, you know, Android devices for a while now and larger dis- displays allow you to do five or six icons across. But with the iPhone, you're you're limited to four. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're big ass icons with a whole lot of space between them.
0: Yeah, that's the reason why this little shortcut is still really if I could just do it. How do you do it? There you go. That whole thing where you can bring half the screen down. Like yep. that's really important. But yes, like this is this is literally what I'm talking about. This is why I don't go for larger displays. It's because maneuverability and multitasking are important to me. And by multitasking, I mean Having a phone in one hand that I can do everything I need to with, and then maybe something else with the other hand, like drinking a cup of coffee or drinking a cup of tea, like it's just those tiny things. There's just quality of life aspects. Um, and if you're going to gate the Pro Max by giving it the absolute best specifications, that forces someone like me to use the phone I don't want to use. That that just annoys me. That's just been it's been the story of the last month. It's just me ranting about this this disparity between Pro and Pro Max. Um, but on the other hand. Here comes the other side of the coin, the teeny weenie. Here <laughs> is the uh, here is the iPhone Mini, iPhone Twelve Mini, lowercase as we learned. Um, iPhone Twelve Mini, the M is lowercase. I there's a certain diminishing return when it comes to anything, whether it's the size of the uh, whether it's Pro Max or Mini, because on the Mini, yes, this is a very pocketable easy to use high quality of life maneuverability phone but now that i've had the 12 pro which is kind of like that perfect sweet spot in terms of size and features for me this actually feels a little too small almost (laughs) like you just can't win with me like i i already know what i want but you just can't win with me on these minis and maxes (laughs) um but yeah one thing i will say about this uh, 12 mini though this green I thought this green color would be better than this. Like, this is a little too light. Do you have the green?
1: I have the green for the 12, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the same green. No, 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 it looks looks a little washed out. It does, it does. Like, it was overexposed.
1: Um, Yeah, they're like, bump up the exposure, just one more point. point." (laughs) No, and for, what's the size difference between the Mini and the XR?
0: I don't. Oh, and the XR. Um, let me check.
1: Because you had the XR earlier this year, right? No, no, no. Never had the XR. Um, I had the 11
0: Pro, and before that, the 10s Max. And the 10s Max was me truly learning that I did not like huge phones. Um, how oh, you bought the XR earlier this year in red? XR? No, I did not. I the only one I got was the 10. Well, I got the iPhone 11 for ESA, but that one was red. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, okay. So let's look at these specs. So the 10 R has 6.1 and the 12 mini has 5.4. Uh, it's literally like it's, it's iPhone SE size without a home button.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's, I mean, it's nice. I mean, it's a little display. I mean, this color, I guess the iPhone 12 and the 12 mini have like the lip. Does yours have this green lip around everything? Yeah. So it has the border. So it's not quite going to be like the all about the screen type thing. You're still going to get a bit of that design cue. And that's fine. Like I like the the, the pocketability of this is very high. I like it. I'm, I, it does have still a nice looking Apple display, this retina display. And it's, it's a good time. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if... I would use this already having a 12 Pro. And this is literally me like, like someone actually said when I said I was going to pick up the PS5, someone tweeted at me and said, You didn't have to flex. I'm flexing all over the place right now. I have three iPhones right now in front of me. And it's, <laughs>
1: I'm actually and not. I asked you before the show, Why do you have that many iPhones? <laughs> <laughs> One tech reviewer to another. There's no reason for this. I
0: just want to do I just wanted to try the Pro Max. I, I'm genuinely curious about the Pro Max. Despite my rants, I'm genuinely curious about the Pro Max. And I really want to see if the, the camera is going to be amazing. The one thing that it does have that I think is going to be pretty dope is the stabilization. I've seen uh I've seen examples of the video coming out of the Pro Max, and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And I've been doing my own little experiments with the 12 Pro because, as you know, Nick, we've heard from a lot of people that in our tech space that they actually use the 12 pro as a bit of a on the go in a pinch b-roll cam and i wanted to see if that was actually true so i filmed the majority of an iphone of an apple watch review using it and then i actually filmed the 12 pro mini uh just a quick vloggy style 12 pro Mini. wait 12 mini uh unboxing using my 12 pro uh so yeah it it's as far as video is concerned, the iPhones are kind of second to none. There are some very close competitors in the Android space, but as far as just turn it on and hit record, it is it, it is second to none, I feel like. Um, so I want to see if the Pro Max actually enhances that to a significant degree. So I, I'm going to do the camera test on it.
1: My, my only comeback to that is you will always be able to tell a smartphone video apart from a real camera video oh, absolutely absolutely e- even sony's thousand dollar point and shoot cameras with their one inch sensors it's complete different ball game when compared to smartphone video and it honestly it comes down to the sensors that are, are used the size of the sensors and the lenses that are used mm-hmm. uh, and the depth of field and there's there's no way around it. And there never will be because it's a physics problem that can't be solved. Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, There's not going to be as much depth of field. Um, There's also the other thing that I always say, excuse me. The other thing that I always say is the exposure shifts, because if you don't lock down your exposure and your focus, all of that shifting is a dead giveaway that
1: you're using. dramatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: It's a dead giveaway. Uh, But yeah, just in terms of just sheer, like even just like bitrate, quality and detail, iPhone video, just it's just up there. And I'm not even trying to get into like the HDR shooting because I'm not an HDR guy. Like it's just not really what I shoot with. And not even that it's the whole 6k, 8k problem. Do you think a majority of the people who watch this content even have an HDR capable television or monitor? Like probably not.
1: Okay. So let's, let's be clear. The, you should never be recording in hdr because if you do and you send it to somebody who doesn't have hdr they can't they can see it it just looks like crap yeah because there's no way to convert it so like if when you watch a tv show on netflix or disney plus and it says hdr next to it if you don't have an hdr tv they they serve you a standard video file because if they served you the hdr file it would look like crap and that doesn't happen when you record in hdr you don't get a standard video file along with it for somebody to view the secondary file you have that one video file and i think we talked about this earlier this year i when the uh, s20 came out earlier this year i I turned on HDR and started recording videos and was doing my camera comparison. And then as I was editing, I was like, I can't edit this thing because I can't, I I don't have an HDR monitor and anyone else who might not have an HDR monitor wouldn't be able to see it properly. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those things where, yes, it's great to have this technology, but there's, there's no fallback to it. If, if you have this file, everyone who uses this file has to have the right technology in order to Mm -hmm. view it. It's so it's so it's nice. Not, that, it's not like a resolution change. Like 4K can downscale to true, 1080 true. or 720. It's a completely different viewing technology.
0: It's it's uh, what's the term I was looking for here. It's it's so nice to have for a super small subset of people, and those people are the ones, like I said in a Xperia Five review or a video that I did recently. This is one of those tools or one of those features that are only for the people who are already looking for that feature. Mm -hmm. And more likely than not, if that that kind of feature is very important to them, they already have ways of achieving that.
1: Yeah. It's like 8K video capture on smartphones with Samsung's devices earlier this year. For somebody who wants to start right now future-proofing their content because 8K is going to be a standard that everyone's going to be using within the next couple of years. If you want an 8K video now that you can watch still and have that resolution in 20 years, great, but you're not going to be able to enjoy it now because you don't have an 8K display unless you have you know, a $20,000 TV sitting at home. And I would even say, I don't think 8K is going
0: to be that, is going to be a big standard for longer than two years, honestly. I think it's going to take much longer than that because it's already hard enough. I don't even have a 4K television. Like none what's, of my television. <laughs>
1: I'm upgrading it finally because i, have I got a 4K console. monitor right here. No, so like for, for HDR, I think it's coming to devices really quickly, like yeah. pretty much every TV that's being sold right now has HDR support. I would say any phone over $600 has HDR support. The issue is you still have billions of devices and billions of TVs that aren't going to be upgraded for three to five years. So once you have, I would say at least a 50, you you'd need that 50% mark where the install base of all displays and monitors and everything on smartphones, computers, uh, and your TVs are at that fifty percent mark. That's when you can start actually using HDR content for us producing it. Mm. Okay, that's fair, right? Yeah, because then uh, you know, then you know, at least fifty percent of the people will be able to enjoy it in the way that we're producing it. Yeah.
0: And, and to be fair, if Apple is only looking at their own ecosystem, then HDR is going to be more prevalent, especially for people who get any of the 12s. Even the 12 mini has an XDR display.
1: Well, but I mean, if but if you record, yes, this is true. But if you record an, an HDR video on your 12 and send it to your wife who has an 11. Yeah,
0: that, that's right? crap.
1: <laughs> like the install base for Apple devices, this is their first generation of HDR Content and uh, and for the HDR displays, I don't think there... does their I forget how expensive their Pro monitor is. That I, have. I was does just about even, to bring that up. Does like, that I, even have HDR support?
0: I don't know, but I'm curious now because like, that, that did come to mind. You, I mean, it has to, right? Like oh,
1: I don't know. like it would be it would be ridiculous if you like dragged it over to your Mac and you wouldn't even be able to edit the video because it doesn't have HDR support on that monitor. Bro,
0: it's called it's that literally called. It's literally called the Pro Display XDR, so yes, it, it has. It's got to have HDR. Um, but yeah, wow, I'm looking at this monitor with the with the cheese grater backing. Um. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All
0: right. So now that we've brought up the monitor, I do want to spend a few minutes. I actually want to get somebody on over the weekend for one of our IG live reactions uh, because. I know that you and I are probably the last people who should be talking at length about Apple's M1 <laughs> because we're not
1: Mac people. We're but, not Mac people, but I just talked about it with Miriam on her podcast yesterday. So,
0: so tell me what your thoughts have been, because I'm, I'm really interested in it. We have We know people in plenty of different places across the silicon, not silicone, the silicon <laughs> spectrum, and everyone is everyone is is just slightly incredulous to the claims that apple is making with the M1. We're not saying that they can't back up those claims. It's just we don't know yet.
1: Yeah, and it's this I brought this up on Miriam's podcast. It's, you know, they they did in the fine print say what they were comparing it to when they mm-hmm. were showing, you know, x times more powerful. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the latest and greatest chipsets from Intel. They were last year's chipsets, so even Intel's chipsets were like ninth gen. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, which, uh, are, so, which are
0: good. Don't get me wrong, but
1: which are good. Yeah. But I mean, Intel's chipsets from this year are x times more powerful than their chips from last year. Fair. So um, it, it's one of those things where we're not going to really know what what the performance discrepancies are or differences are between these the new M1 chip and Apple's old products. Comparing it to other devices running Windows, the, you know, that's not even a comparison you should be making because the whole architecture on the back is different, even though the chipsets, you know, with Intel chipsets were the same. Um, I, I think it comes down to, though, we're really not gonna see what the true benefits are until, software developers have had time to recompile and rebuild their programs specifically for the ARM architecture because until then, everything's going to be run as an emulation. So you do lose performance there. It's still going to work. It might have some hiccups, but we're not getting the true performance because the system itself is emulating it. Um, well, let me ask you this.
0: To that point, let me ask you this. Which applications are you itching to get beyond emulation, though? Beyond Adobe, because they've already said Photoshop and Lightroom will be coming. I mean, there is a bit of a waiting game there. So mm-hmm. if you are a Premiere person, it's going to take a long time for you to actually get full support on an M1. Uh, but beyond the Adobe suite, like what else? Because they they were showing off apps that I did not expect. Um, they put up, well, I, I was actually sort of text ranting to David Amell. I was like, stop showing Resolve. <laughs> stop showing my video editor of choice. Stop it. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, honestly, like it It all depends on what you are actually doing because, you know, it, Apple is known for being the laptop of choice for creators mm-hmm. because they with, with is, their own apps though because with, Apple with apps, their own app. but that being said so throw but so we're 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 lumping creators into what we do you have to mm-hmm. remember creators like if you actually look at someone who is doing graphic design they're not using apple products They're using Adobe Suites and other third-party 3D rendering graphics programs Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and there are a ton of them for Mac. There's also creators from the music industry, and there's hundreds of third-party Applications for Mac computers for music industry, like yeah, a lot of people love GarageBand, It It is a piece of trash compared to some of the other programs that are out there for Macs. Apple has,
0: it does, doesn't Apple do? Uh, Apple has Logic Pro, right? Isn't that theirs? Uh, I do. Or not am I know. thinking of somebody else? Yeah, Logic Pro. Yeah, Logic Pro is yeah. uh, is an Apple app.
1: But but that's just one of. Yeah, I agree. A hundred, right? Like every every music creator loves to use their own apps. And a lot of times they use multiples for their mm-hmm. workflows. Um, and doing all of that, I mean, there's not going to be, those aren't nearly as taxing as 3D rendering and video editing, uh, but they still consume a lot of power. And with, you know, with all the different layers and stuff that they have in there. So there's a lot, there's a lot of programs that are going to have to be rewritten and optimized for this new chip. That being said, if the battery life claims that they said hold true 20 hours on a single charge, like- I'm if, shaking my it, head right now. No, I, I, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know, yeah. but Google's come out and they're like, Chromebook, if you want, like uh, you've, everyone's seen the commercials for Chromebooks and you know everyone's device is dying. They're like, here's a Chromebook battery lasts 10 hours. And for the most part, a good Chromebook can last you 10 hours on a single charge. Imagine a device that can last 20 hours on a charge. Like, even, like if they, even if they miss it by 20%. 16 sure. Hour, 16 but hours. But I would say,
0: I would say it's still, it's still reliant on what kind of usage it is. Like you said, when you started this out is yeah. like, imagine, because let me tell you 20 hours in final cut, Sign me up. I will learn how to use Final Cut. But that's I mean, not going to happen.
1: But even on a laptop, what if you could get five hours on Final Cut? I agree. That would be right? amazing. Even mm-hmm. if it's a quarter of that claim. Yeah, everyone's use cases are going to be different. If you're simply browsing the web and checking Facebook and, you know, if you're a college student, this thing's going to last you a day and a half. Yeah. Uh you know continual use you could go to classes pretty much half a week on a single charge, which would be amazing uh and it's one of those things where it takes battery life out of the equation anymore right like mm-hmm. when uh, with smartphones, anytime that we get to a device where at the end of the day you still have thirty to thirty five percent like yeah, we say it can go a day, day and a half. Two days, you can stretch it. I mean, after you hit, I'm no longer worrying about battery life. It really doesn't matter how long the battery lasts, right? Yeah. It's kind of, you know, the range anxiety for electric cars. As long as you can hit that 250-mile mark, I don't care if I can go 500 miles, because if I go 250 miles on a single charge, I got to stop and go pee somewhere. And mm-hmm. I can charge my car while I'm doing that, right? So yeah. it's one of those it things. Makes where it there's so
0: there's that you can you can actually
1: plan around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: which I which I get, and I and I think that would be great. Even even four hours on resolve on any of the laptops I've reviewed over you know, the last few months would be amazing. Very much not the case because it's just GPUs require that level of power, um, yeah. and if the if the GPU on the M1 is as good as they say for something like, I mean, they said iMovie, and I was like, damn, I haven't heard iMovie in a while. But then they said <laughs> Final Cut Pro, I was like, wow, like if that's true, then amazing, like that's pretty awesome. I mean, you could, I mean, I could tell you right now, Isa is so on board because she only really uses Apple apps for all mm-hmm. a lot of her stuff. Um, she's been using GarageBand for our podcast. She does do Photoshop and and the thing is photoshop will be here in q1 in 2021 i think that's what they said unless it was lightroom i don't remember which one it was that's but good. yeah but it, the the four people that are more in for people who are less hardcore than maybe you and i it's mm-hmm. it's looking pretty good already
1: oh yeah so i mean i i was a little bit skeptical when they announced way back when they said they were they're moving to their own arm chipset um, but we've seen time silicone, and time again. It's called silicon, Nick. <laughs> shut up. <No.
0: laughs> it, it's one of those what things. on Twitter seen? were talking about that term. They were just like
1: yeah. silicon? silicone? Silicon? <laughs> si- silica. Yeah, um, we've seen time and time again that ARM architecture seems to be so much better suited when it comes, especially to laptops and tablets to whatever the architecture is in order to deliver that that balance of performance and battery life that you need in order to make a device truly useful and not weigh a thousand pounds. Um, I'm still skeptical in a desktop environment as to the true benefits of what the M1 chip would be, because at that point, you don't need to make something small and you don't need to make it you don't have a battery to deal with. So why would you not have a big beefy chipset from Intel that can, you know, pull your, your house down the street because they got <laughs> some chips that can do that literally. Um, but I mean, I, I think this is exciting in a different sense because uh, we both attended the media Tech summit this week and they announced new chipsets for their Chromebooks. And uh, I forget the exact names of these chipsets are going to be coming out to devices starting uh, early next year for Chromebooks, but they're essentially based off of uh, the same architecture that a Snapdragon 855 and a Snapdragon 865 from this year. So essentially having the same amount of power as flagship Android smartphones inside of a Chromebook And when we've seen ARM chipsets inside of Chromebooks before, they've always been based off of architectures that are three to four years old. So Mm, this is mm. new architecture as of 2020 and um, 2019 architectures with all of the same power. So just imagine the power that you have inside of the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra powering a Chromebook that is essentially just a browser and also a framework to run Google Apps, Android apps inside of it. And then you get the power efficiencies that those come with of lasting 10, even longer than that because of the ARM architecture.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, We're going to be seeing more of this type of chipset, silicon, starting to come out because um, we know that obviously Qualcomm has had theirs. Uh, I forget what the most recent iteration of it is called but the hcx i remember the hcx plus i remember that they, they named it something different um because the chipset was slightly modified but then like you said just now media tech with uh with the summit this past week and then, of course the m1 so we'll see i mean it would be great to see chips like this actually live up to the hype um and mm-hmm. apple is one of those companies that most people believe could actually live up to that hype so we're just gonna have to wait and see um i i was i was I, what i was impressed by and i think it's maybe maybe it's a given that if they're making their own silicon and they are going to and they're able to really cater the manufacturing to the experience of the product i was actually surprised at the price of the macbooks that they announced they're actually a little bit lower than i expected
1: ah uh, i mean i they are pretty much in line where where i thought they would land uh, mm-hmm. i was i was actually hoping they would be a little bit cheaper because they are not paying intel for the chipset inside of there which costs a hundred bucks so i mean it, 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 could, it could go both ways i mean they do have to do the r d in order to you know design the chipset they're not actually manufacturing the chipset it's someone else does yeah um so i it, guess the claims that there. they were making
0: i was just thinking yeah
1: oh okay that's not bad There's still costs involved with it. Um, I I was hoping because it is their own architecture and design that it would be a little bit cheaper than what it came in at. But I mean, Mm -hmm. this is Gen 1 for the M1 chipset. So uh, they're going to get better at it. They're going to produce more of them as they come down the line, which means prices should technically get cheaper in the long run.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, cool. Well, uh, I think that should pretty much do it. We were able to get through quite a few things in this last half we talk about apple um i'm going to get a few fo- i'm not going to do a full camera test on the mini because we know what to expect from the mini but i will get a few shots for this first impressions video i'm about to do this pro max though i got to figure out where i'm going to go with it <laughs> i have no idea where i could even go with it probably my usual spots but i feel bad going like you said like we said in the first half of the show if going it gets to the same spot same spots but if, if it gets really repetitive for us then we feel bad
1: You know, though, for for camera comparisons, I actually like going to the same spots, because if I hit it like for my low light camera shots, I go to the same spots and I pretty much take the same angle every time at the same. I I go to this intersection where there's a movie theater and a couple other things, so there's interesting stuff to take photos of. Um, it actually allows you to, even though it wasn't the same exact night, allow you to go back and compare it to other devices because yeah. it's the same In angle a similar and similar scenario. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: So. Well, you know me, Nick. I hate. I just can't. I may hate this about me too. I just hate verses and comparisons. I just can't stand doing them. Um, just from a just as a creator, I just can't stand doing God. them. <laughs> That's
1: why I do them for you. (laughs) Come watch my camera comparisons because Josh isn't going to give you one. Well, there's
0: your plug. Nick, go ahead and let everybody know where to find you and what you have uh, coming down the pipe.
1: You can find me on uh, Fandroid.com. That's P-H-A-N-D-R-O-I-D.com or YouTube.com slash Fandroid for all of my smartphone coverage and videos or else personally i am on twitter and instagram at nick m gray
0: all right um i forgot to show this during the iphone talks but i do have the the magsafe wallet and it's flush with the mini um the, the apple did a really good job making a branded business card holder that's really all i use it for (laughs) just because i don't trust any of my sensitive cards like 45 yeah exactly i don't trust any of my sensitive cards to be in this um but yeah look forward to everything nick is up to and uh yeah in my case you can well actually you know what i'm gonna go ahead and do the rest of that in the outro as per usual i almost changed things up this time i usually do in the outro let's go ahead and pop into it Make sure to follow Nick Gray and Fandroid in all of the links that are found in the show notes. You can also follow me across the interwebs. I am at JV Tech Tea. You know me. I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. You can find me on Twitter and Pocketnow and then head over to YouTube at YouTube.com slash Joshua Vergara for more content coming from me that can supplement what you see on Pocketnow. Pocketnow is, of course, on all social media at Pocketnow and at Pocketnow.com where you can find the latest news. And from there, you can also go to the YouTube channel, of course, YouTube.com slash Pocket Now for videos that are coming out pretty much every single day. With all that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast, and we will see you in our next episode.